0: Praise the Lord. God is worthy to be praised. And uh, it is just good to be in the house of God tonight, to be in the company of believers. Um, how many of you know that when when the people of God come together and the presence of God is with us, that things happen? Things happen. And, and, and many times I would have you to know that what God is doing and how God is moving it's not always tangible and it's not always immediate and what i mean by that is there sometimes we come into worship and we come into times of prayer And we're looking for something to happen in our physical body, a healing or some type of manifestation to say that God is there and God has done something. But there's sometimes where God is moving and it's not even necessarily tangible in nature. And sometimes what God has done in your spirit or even in the corporate body, you may not even see it manifest for days to come. And so what I'm praying for you, even as we begin in God's word on tonight, is that as you come together these nights to pray, to seek God's face, to hear the word, that yes, God would move in and among you in these meetings, but that you don't leave these next four days and think that God hasn't done anything if you don't see a miracle in the four days, if you don't see some type of tangible manifestation, but rather you would realize that things you will pray for, things that you will hear in these next four days, they may begin to manifest themselves six months from now and and, and that you would be a people uh, that continue to pray and seek the Lord and patiently wait for the manifestation of the things that you are asking for because I'm here to declare it to you tonight whether you know it or not whether you're excited about it or not but 2015 is your best year yet it's your best year yet now you've got a choice on whether or not you sleep through your best year yet or whether you wake up and participate in it, but this is your best year yet. And I believe that God is going to do exceeding abundantly above whatever you could ask or think. Pastor John, I'm so grateful uh, for the invitation to come. I'm honored. Uh, to be here on tonight and and furthermore when I heard of the other uh, pastors who are coming behind me over the next few days I feel like a grasshopper among giants but I tell you I am blessed and I'm honored Uh, to be here with you on tonight and to share God's word. And I don't plan on doing anything other than what I love to do best, and that's just uh, proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not here to impress you tonight, and so whether you shake my hand or pat me on the back, I'm good already. I'm good. But if I can leave tonight with your eyes focused a little bit more on Jesus, then I've done my job tonight. So with that being said, go with me to Colossians chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 1. want to read just a few verses there, um, and then uh, we'll get into our lesson for tonight. Colossians chapter 1. Oh God, I thank you. I give you praise for uh, your presence among us. And Lord Jesus, I pray even now that you would humble me completely, May I have the spirit of John that says, I must decrease, but you must increase. And spirit of the living God, use my mouth, use my mind to speak your word. And I pray that every person who would receive and believe would leave here forever changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Colossians chapter one, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, just in case you may have a different translation. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 13. The Bible reads like this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God Things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Here it is, that in everything he might be preeminent. That in everything he might be preeminent. When Pastor John reached out to me uh, several weeks ago and asked and invited me to come and be a part of this, I began um, at that moment praying and just asking the Lord, what was the Kairos word for tonight? Not, not just a word that would fill an evening, but God, what are you speaking for this particular night in this particular time? And don't you love how God typically doesn't answer your prayers right away? because I was expecting as I was praying that I was going to get this download from the Lord and I was going to be pumped up and fired up and I was going to know what God was going to speak but it actually wasn't until a few days ago that the Lord actually answered a prayer I began to pray several weeks ago and I was on the internet and I was perusing and and just looking at some different information and actually I was doing some study for a whole nother lesson that I was doing and I ran across a quote and it's like the light bulb went off in my spirit and said, Riverside, January 4th, 2015. And here's the quote that I ran across. In all Christians, Christ is present. In some Christians, Christ is prominent. In only a few Christians, Christ is preeminent. Author is unknown. I don't know who it belongs to. But I heard that, as I'll say it again, in all Christians, Christ is present. In some Christians, Christ is prominent. But in just a few Christians, Christ is preeminent. And as I heard that ring in my spirit and as I felt from the Lord, that was the word that he wanted to give on tonight to this church for 2015. I want to offer to you for the subject for tonight, moving Christ from merely being present to preeminent. Moving Christ from merely being present to preeminent. And so what I believe the Lord wants you to walk away with tonight uh, is that number one, we need to appreciate the privilege of his presence. We need to appreciate the privilege of his presence. Matter of fact, I don't know how any blood bought believer in Jesus Christ can be reminded that the son of the living God, the creator of heaven and earth is living inside of you and it doesn't at least bring a smile to your face. If you really understood the privilege that you have of God himself, not being a God that you have to try to make it to, not being a God that you have to try to climb high enough to reach, but rather a God who brought himself, who condescended to lowly estate and became man like you and I, died on the cross for our sins, so that as you place faith in him, his spirit comes and fills you and he begins to dwell in your heart by faith. I don't know how we can know that and at least not have a smile on our face. We need to appreciate the privilege. Somebody say privilege, the privilege of his presence. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus and he said that he would cease not to pray for them and there was certain things that he prayed for them but one of those things was that the church would be rooted and grounded in love and that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. I need you to understand, saints of God, that the moment that you put saving faith in Jesus Christ, the moment that you heard the gospel, and you trusted Him as your own, the Spirit of God filled you. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 said, that the, the day, the moment you heard and obeyed the message of truth, you were sealed with the Spirit of God. And that means, watch this, that the eternal God of heaven has now taken up residence in your life. Every, somebody say every. Every believer, in every believer, in every believer, Christ is present. Not not just the good ones, not just the ones who show up the church every Sunday, not just the ones who have a disciplined prayer life, but in every person who has ever put, ever put faith in Christ, he is present in them. You don't have to be the praise team leader. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be on any ministry. If you are simply a believer, Christ is in you. What a privilege. What a privilege. But the thing that I love about it, do you understand then if the God, the eternal God of the universe is dwelling inside of you? Do you understand? Watch this. Not only the benefits you get, but the blessings and also the potential you have because God lives in you. That's why when I talk about his presence, I talk about it as a privilege because it's certainly not anything that we've earned. It's certainly not anything that we deserve. It's not anything we can handle, maintain, or or even conjure up in our flesh. It is a privilege and an honor for this Jesus to want to dwell not only with us, but to dwell in us. In us. Think about this. With his presence come so many blessings that I don't even have time tonight to tell you about. Paul began to try to tell the church about the blessings when he stated in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, he says uh, that he was praying to the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we would understand these spiritual blessings that we have in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me just give you the list of some of them that he named. Uh, uh, We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And he calls him the Holy Spirit of promise. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Touch your neighbor and tell him, you've got God's mark on you. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of of promise. He says we have forgiveness of sin. We've been redeemed. There are so many blessings, heavenly pla- in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that are now all yours. Let me tell you something, you don't have to get it. You don't have to try to pray for it. You don't have to ask for it anymore. In Christ, they are already yours. Oh, I, I can't get you to smile for nothing, I see. I don't even need a shout. I just need a smile tonight because you need to understand the privilege you have of having the presence of God within you. This alone, this alone, just understanding that Christ lives in me, this alone should should bring fundamental and dynamic transformation to my life. It should bring fundamental and dynamic transformation to my life in that if I understand that the very God of heaven is living inside of me, it at least changes three things. Somebody say three things. It at least changes three things. Number one, it changes your direction. Uh, Because when God, the one we just got done singing about that, we called him the way Jesus says, I am the way, which means that when he comes to live in me, whatever way I used to be uh, on or whatever way I was headed in, that way gets changed. So his presence brings a fundamental change in direction. Uh, Let me just say this as a sidebar. This ain't one of the three, but this is a sidebar. That that if it brings a, a change in direction, I think it also brings a change in association. Because I can no longer walk with those who are not walking the way I'm going. How can two walk together except they be agreed so if my direction has changed i can't walk with those who are not walking the same direction i'm walking in it doesn't mean i'm better than you it doesn't mean that that that, that i've got something uh, necessarily in my human flesh to brag or boast about it just means that there's a fundamental dynamic change that has happened because the god of my salvation is now living inside of me see and we we let people Uh, browbeat us into walking down the same streets they're walking down because they don't want their direction to change you think you're too good no i just think i'm bought by the blood of the lamb i just think that there's new life in me so that means there's a what there's a new direction not only should it change your direction but secondly it ought to change your decision. It ought to change your decisions When the presence of God is in your life You don't make decisions the way you used to make decisions So I don't choose the job because it's better pay and better hours No, I choose it because that's my assignment So sometimes being in the will of God means I don't get the promotion Because I didn't make my decision based on what's good for me I based my decision on what's good for Him presence of God in my life changes direction it changes decisions but then thirdly it changes destiny it changes destiny what do you mean by it changes destiny do you not know that when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior your eternal reservations got changed that can't even make some of y'all smile Lord have mercy your reservations went from smoking to non-smoking. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Do, do you not know that in and of ourselves, all we are worthy of is death, the grave, and hell. That's all we're worth. And if you don't know that, I would dare to say you ain't really been saved. Because if you think that you were actually good enough to have relationship with God, you have not come to realize what it means to trust him for your salvation. In and of ourselves, we had nothing. We were nothing. We could do nothing. That's what we mean uh, by blessed are the poor in spirit for they inherit the kingdom. It's the ones who come to the realization that they are nothing. 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 And, and, and now our destiny has changed. Watch this. So because I will end up at a different place eternally, how many of you know that that eternal destination now starts to infiltrate my life every day? So I'm not, watch this, I'm not just living for heaven, I'm living from heaven. Where you get, is that Bible? Yes, the Bible tells us we are now citizens of heaven, So I'm not living for heaven, I'm living from heaven because my eternal destiny has now interrupted this chronos of my life and now it affects my everyday walk with God and with other people. I'm talking about the privilege of his presence. Unfortunately though, there are many Christians who settle for Jesus just merely being present in their life. Kind of like the married couple who they don't talk to each other anymore, don't go out on dates anymore, barely smile at each other anymore, but they're still in the same house. That would be miserable, I would think. And if you're that married couple tonight, I'll pray for you. Amen. God has better for you in 2015. But that would be miserable just to occupy a dwelling together with no real relationship, with no connection, with no engagement. And so it is. Do you not know that Jesus is our bridegroom? He's the lover of our soul. And he now comes to dwell within us. And some of us have become settled and satisfied with him just being in the same house. No engagement. No, 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 no real loving on one another, no understanding of one another, communicating with one another. And it's because we, we've just learned that Jesus is present, which moves me to point number two. You need to enter the progression of prominence. We need to appreciate the privilege of his presence, but we need to enter the progression of prominence. Let me hear you say prominence. Let me hear you say it again prominence prominent what did i mean by that the word prominent the word prominent means to stand out so as to be seen easily to stand out so as to be seen easily prominent means that something is important that it's well known that it's a leading factor See, the problem with the Christians, like I told you, every believer has the presence of Jesus in them. The problem is some Christians refuse to let Jesus have a leading role in their life. So he becomes the go-to guy. He becomes the, the back burner plan B person that when my plans fail, then I run to Jesus uh, matter of fact, and I've shared this before. For the people at City on the Hill, oh, I know they get tired of hearing me say the same thing over and over again. So, for those who are in City on the Hill tonight, I'm asking your forgiveness already um, as I share this illustration yet once again. But, but there's there's three really different three three types of people. In terms of how they view Jesus and how they operate with Jesus, and so I'm putting them into three categories. Uh, and, and I got this because uh, some time ago I used to work as a patient transporter um, in the hospital, and we would transport people different kind of ways. And there was people with different levels of mobility. All right, so so there's the person with the crutch um, or the walker. All right, and the person with the crutch or the walker uh, is a person who is basically using their own strength. Uh, the the crutch is just kind of there to support them. Okay, the walkers there in case they have a weak moment, so to speak, or they need something to hold them up. But they're literally moving in their own strength. You don't really have to do much with that person, but just kind of walk with them and keep them company when when we used to transport those people. But then there's a second group of people who are the wheelchair people. And the wheelchair people were basically people who could make the transitions on their own, but they couldn't handle the long haul. Some of y'all see where I'm going with this already. huh? Yeah, yeah, they were the ones you got to the room. They could get out of the bed. They could transition from the bed to the wheelchair. They could get out of the wheelchair onto the x-ray table. They had no problem with transitions. They just didn't have enough breath, enough energy or something to make the walk down the hallway in the elevator to the lower floor. They couldn't do the long haul stuff. And then there's the third group of people who I call the gurney people. And these are people who had no strength in and of themselves, really. Matter of fact, when you went to the room to pick them up, you had to call a couple other escorts or nurses because you had to get around them and lift them together and slide them from the bed over to the gurney. And this is a person, although they would try to tell you what to do, they couldn't couldn't do it themselves. They may tell you how to push them and tell you how fast their house will go, but the reality of it is they were completely resting on the ability of someone else. Now, as you hear those examples, the question has to become how prominent is Jesus in your life? As we talk about the progression of prominence, how prominent is Jesus in your life? Is Jesus just the crutch? That you basically live life in your own strength. You do finances in your own strength. You do parenting in your own strength. You do your job in your own strength. He's just there when you have weak moments. Are you the wheelchair person that you make all of the big decisions and then expect him to carry you in the decision you've made? I'll choose where I work. I'll choose where I live. I'll choose who I marry. God, you just bless it. Or are you the gurney person? That realizes you have absolutely no real strength in and of yourself. And so therefore, you fall on the gurney of Proverbs 3 and 5 that says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will. And while I'm at it, get on the gurney and shut up. (laughs) Don't try to tell Jesus where to go and what to do. He's been pushing patience longer than you can imagine. So this progression of prominence is that, watch this, Jesus becomes someone who people don't have to dig in my life to find. Remember when I gave you the, the definition of prominent? It means to stand out so as to be seen easily. Can I tell you something? There's really no such thing as a closet Christian. And if you are, make this your coming out party. Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody just say, I'm coming out. I'm coming. Coming out. Why? Because I understand that there's this progression of prominence that the Lord has, is bringing me to where he has to be easily seen. He's well known. He's the leading factor in my life. So the way I do my finances, the way I do my parenting, the way I do my work is all based on Jesus actually working in me and through me and not me and myself. This progression of prominence, How does that happen, pastor? Well, really, you enter that progression of prominence by every decision you make every day. It's not like a miracle happens and all of a sudden Jesus is prominent in your life. No, it comes through the surrender that takes place moment by moment, day by day. This is what Paul was talking about when he says, though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed how often? Daily. We take up our cross how often? Daily and follow Christ. It's, this, it's moment by moment decisions where Jesus is becoming more and more prominent. So if you were that Christian that said, man, I'm, I'm the one that that Christ is just merely present in my life. don't Don't begin to despair because you can begin making decisions tonight that takes your 2015 to another level. Where moment by moment, decision by decision, Jesus is becoming more and more prominent in your life where he is seen before everything, where, where he is the one who leads in everything, where he is not uh, inconspicuous, but he's rather conspicuous in your life, where, where your friends and your family, they don't even have to ask you, are you a Christian? You don't have to put uh, bumper stickers on your car. You don't have to wear uh, the cross around your neck. But Jesus becomes so prominent in your life, he oozes out of everything you do. You don't have to get the language down, Pat. You don't have to try to sound like a Christian. You know the ones that, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, anointed by the most high God. That may be the truth. But that's not what makes Jesus seen in you. How about when the woman in the next cubicle over gets on your last nerves? Are you blessed and highly favored and anointed by the most high God then? Can you still let her borrow your calculator? <laughs> All right? So, so the point I'm making is that it's decision by, by decision. It's moment by moment where we are growing. Somebody say growing growing this is not a from a to z thing no we're growing and i think that's what uh, pastor king and what the elders of this church are really after in, in in going through these four days and leading you through these four days is is they just want to help you move from wherever you are to the next place in jesus that's really what it's all about is you realizing where you are and taking that next step in Jesus becoming more prominent in your life that you'll do something different this year than the way you did it last year. To the glory and honor of God. That brings me to my last point. If you appreciate the privilege of his presence and you enter into this progression of prominence, it will lead you to the point of preeminence. It will lead you to the point of preeminence. I'll say it again for those of you that are taking notes. If, if, you, if you would appreciate the privilege of his presence and enter this progression of prominence, it will lead you to the point of preeminence. That's how we move Jesus from simply being present in our life to being preeminent in our life. We don't want to be just the Christians in whom he's present in all of us. We don't want to be the select few with whom he's just prominent in our lives, but rather we want to move to the point where he is preeminent. Would anybody tonight say he's worthy of that position? He's worthy. He's worthy of. Of that position, the real place that Jesus deserves to be, and the point that we should want him in our life is to have him be preeminent. Here's the definition above and before others, superior and surpassing all things above and before others, superior and surpassing all things. That's why Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 that he counted all things as low and considered it to be garbage for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. Touch somebody and tell them he's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth, it. He's worth that place Of preeminence. He is worth being above and before all. He is worth surpassing and being superior in all things. And can I just give you a news flash if you didn't already know. He already is. But we just have to catch up on affirming who he is in our life. But he already is that. This is not something he's trying to be. This is not something he's going to be. We just have to recognize it and surrender to such. But he already is above. He already is before. He already surpasses. He already is superior to everything and every person. That's why we're serving. That's why we humbly bow and surrender and submission to him. Not because of what he's going to be, but because of who he already is. Well, well, well Pastor, why, why, why would I want Jesus to have that place of preeminence in my life? I've been handling my finances pretty good. I've been raising my children pretty good. My life has been pretty good. I just come to church. I drop my offering off. I touch and... Agree with a couple people and pray. What, 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 why are you pushing me to another level? Why are we having this whole first thing and, and, and now there in some way or another you're suggesting that there's a, a higher place, a deeper place that Jesus can be in my life. Why in the world would I want to even do that? Well, I'm so glad we read Colossians chapter one because Paul gives us at least a few reasons. Uh, here it is, if you were paying attention while we were reading. Here's reason number one, that he deserves the preeminence. He has delivered us. Yes. Woo, I'm trying to contain myself. But he has delivered us. Now some of y'all, that word delivered, it, it doesn't ring a bell with you because you weren't really in nothing. But I want to talk to the two or three of us in the room tonight That we know what it means to be in some stuff We know what it means to not only be in some stuff But we was in some stuff, deep in some stuff And it's nothing like the Lord coming along And as David said, reaching down in the Maori clay And pulling you up out of the pit And sitting your feet upon a rock I tell you, he's delivered us all right, all right, I don't want to leave nobody out and I want to be true to the text because I need you to understand, you didn't have to be deep in anything to get delivered because what the text says, he delivered you from the domain of darkness. But well, One thing you couldn't escape, no matter how good you were, is the fact that you were in the dark. You were in the dark and Jesus came, watch this, now, now, it wasn't that he just turned the light on. No, 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 no. If, if you got that, then you missed the text. It said it, he delivered you from the domain. Somebody say domain. domain. Because the darkness is not, oh, you just needed light. You just needed understanding. No, honey, that was a power you were under. There was an authority that was over your life in the realm of darkness. And you couldn't break free from it. So Jesus came and took the chains off. Yeah. He delivered Delivered us from the domain of darkness. Oh, that's not enough. Paul couldn't stop. And then he goes on to say, and he gave us a transfer. A transfer. A a transfer? Yeah, a transfer. So he delivered you from the domain of darkness, but didn't leave you just in the middle of nowhere. He gave you a transfer into the kingdom of light. (sighs) And then if that's not enough, he goes further and redeems you. Makes you worth something again. Buys you back and shows you the intrinsic value that you now have because you are a child of the king. He redeems you. And then that's not only enough, he forgives us. Forgives us. Do you know the record that was stacked against us? Do you know the sins that you had committed and what you needed was pardoned from God? And it's through Jesus that he came and offered forgiveness. If that's not enough, I'm just trying to tell you why he deserves to be preeminent. Uh, he, Paul goes on to say, he's the very image of God. He's the very image of God. You want to see what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1 says That he is the very imprint He is the radiance and the glory Of almighty God You need a reason that Jesus is preeminent He's the very image of God All right, Paul couldn't quit So I'm not going to quit because Paul didn't quit Y'all saw it in the text Paul said, watch this All things in heaven and earth Were created by him And for him Touch your neighbor because they ain't listening to me And say neighbor, neighbor See, some of y'all can't even hardly stand and talk to your neighbor. Try it again. Say, neighbor, you were created by him. That means you were created for him. That's why he deserves the preeminence in your life. Because you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. I know you've been thinking back to that night when mama got happy and daddy got glad. But you need to understand, it ain't mama and daddy that brought you here. But I thought I read somewhere that he planted you in the womb. That while you were yet in darkness, He was forming you. You are here because He made you. And if He made you, the Bible says everything created by Him is actually created for Him. That's why He deserves the preeminence. Because if you were created by Him, you were actually created for Him. Paul didn't stop there though. He says in Him... All things hold together. Pastor John, I'm coming to realize that in my foolishness, my feebleness and ignorance, that city on the hill would have been destroyed a long time ago if God had left it to me. City on the hill, y'all can say amen right there. Amen. Amen. Not too loud, but still say amen. When we actually realize that there's nothing that gets kept together except the Lord holds it together then we will realize he deserves to be preeminent because we are not smart enough we are not strong enough to hold it together are you boasting that you've been married 32 years you've been married 20 years you've been married 24 hours guess what Jesus held that together in him all Things are held together. Do you not realize there's things about your body that even blows the doctors and scientists mind because they don't understand how it works? Even down to the atom itself and the makeup of the atom and majority of it is empty space and they don't even know how it holds together. I'll tell you how Jesus is holding it together. He doesn't just fling the sun into the sky. He doesn't just sprinkle the stars across the velvet backdrop. But down to the tiniest and minute sail. He's even holding that together. What a God we serve. He deserves to be preeminent because he's the one holding it together. Paul doesn't stop there though. He says and he's the head of the church. The head of the church. He's the head of the church which means when it comes to the church and the things of the church y'all we need to leave the thinking to him. Yeah, yeah. what is our role? Our role is to pray. Our role is to seek his face. Our, Our role is to get in touch with divinity but the real brains of the whole operation is Jesus himself. He's the head of the church and he deserves the preeminent and if that's not enough I'll end you with this last one Paul mentions. He says he's the firstborn from the dead. Now I know there's a lot of people in your life that have done a lot of great things and you might admire mama, daddy, grandmama. You might admire uncle. You might admire somebody you read about or learned about in high school or college because of the great things that they've done. There's great athletes that have done great things. There's great scientists and biologists that have done great things. Even in our field of Christendom, there's great preachers and great who have done great things for the kingdom of God. But can I just remind you tonight that not one person in history has ever laid down their life and rose it up again. Jesus deserves to be preeminent because he's the firstborn from the dead. He deserves preeminence in our life. Alright pastor, alright you've convinced me now. You've convinced me. That he deserves to be preeminent. So so what does that look like for my life in 2015 if he's going to be preeminent? What does that look like for my life? It means he's first. Oh, it's not that easy. Wake up and get these. I've asked Pastor John's permission, but I, I want to just use that first as an acronym. Is that okay? And I hope you wake up and write this down, get the CD, or ask a neighbor because you didn't bring nothing tonight. Because here's what I think it looks like for 2015 for every believer, for Riverside Community Church. As we go into 2015, what does it look like for Jesus to be preeminent? And what is this thing of first? Well, what it means for my life is that, number one, F, I will be faithful. Let me hear you say faithful. Let me hear you say it again. Faithful. Faithful. I think faithful is a two-sided coin because on the first side of it, it means full of faith. It's amazing to me how many people call themselves believers and don't do the very thing they say they are, and that is believe. So what God is calling us to is that you would actually in this year, would you try being full of faith and simply take him at his word? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That settles it. Would you move to the place of being full of faith? That's what I'm talking about. Him being preeminent that you were trusting that what he says, that's what it is. Here's the other side of that coin. Faithful means that you're consistent. That you're steady, that you're loyal. Well, what is the Lord calling me to be loyal to? Read from Genesis and Revelation, you'll find something, I tell you. You'll, you'll find a few things to be faithful to. All right? But He's calling you to faithfulness. I believe that the Lord's church has never grown to the fullness of its potential because we're full of people who have never thrown their whole self into it. And so what the Lord is saying as you go into 2015, will you be faithful? That's how you can put him first. Will you be faithful? Here's the next one. I, will you be intentional? Intentional. Some of you, again, this is not for everybody, but some of you will look back over 2014 and you're wondering where time even went because you just kind of floated through the year. You know, you just kind of took things as they came. You responded to the challenges that happened and you just kind of floated through the year and time passed you by. God is saying to you tonight, not 2015. 2015 is a year of intentionality where you will not be reactive to what life brings you, but rather proactive to what God has called you to. Intentional. If he's going to be preeminent, you got to be intentional. And and here's one thing that I want you to be intentional about. Be intentional about everything you do bringing God glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 31 says, Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do it all to what? The glory of God. I don't care if you at McDonald's flipping burgers. You better flip them like Jesus is getting hallelujahs out of everyone that you flip. Every burger is a hallelujah and praise the Lord. Y'all hearing me tonight? Let everything you do be to the glory of Almighty God. Somebody say intentional. Intentional. Here's the next one. R, we're almost there. 2015, if, if he's going to be first, you've got to have reverence. 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 What do you mean reverence, pastor? That there's a place you have to come to where you live in the fear of the Lord. Now hear me, I'm not saying that God wants you to be afraid of him. Although there's plenty of reasons to be if you get on his bad side. But, but God doesn't want you being afraid of him, He doesn't want you living in that kind of fear, but rather a place where you come to an utmost respect and honor because of who he is. And when you have a respect for a person, there's just some things you don't do in their presence. Somebody I know what I'm talking about because you love your mama enough that there's just some stuff you don't say in front of your mama. Amen. You love your pastor enough. There are some things you don't say in front of your pastor. You just wait till you get to the parking lot. (laughs) But the respect means there's some things we just don't do. Well, remember, let's go back to point one. Where's the presence of the Lord? Where's the presence of the Lord? Where's the presence of the Lord? in us which means watch this i'm not watching what i do around church people i'm not watching what i do around the pastor i watch what i do daily moment by moment i'm living in the respect of the lord because i know he's always with me he's always watching me i'm always representing him and so i live in the fear of the lord understanding that he is holy Oh, my goodness, if we could ever get a revelation, I pray. Matter of fact, can you lift up your hands if, if you can, if you want to receive this? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every hand lifted that you would bring a revelation of your holiness. Bring a greater revelation of your holiness, that attribute of yours that makes the very angels fall on their faces and cry it out over and over and over again. That very attribute that makes the elders fall down and cast down their crowns. Would you give us a revelation of your holiness? And may it bring about reverential fear in every heart that's willing to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. If Christ is going to be preeminent, it means I'll be, I must be faithful. I must be intentional. I must be reverent. Here's a big one. I struggle with this one to even tell y'all tonight, but God won out. And here's the S. 2015 has to be a year that you're satisfied. Satisfied. Huh? Satisfied? Yes. Here's the word of the Lord. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The first part, I think you know that one, godliness, if you want gain this year, gotta be godly. But here's the second part. When are you gonna get to the point that you realize you don't need more? Ooh, y'all got quiet on that one. That's probably why I was struggling with it a little bit, Pastor John. Because do you know how, how much society has shaped us as Christians? We want more and more and more. We got to have better and better and better. We got to have new and new and new. And, we, and we, we mask what's really greediness. And we call it other things. Like ambition. Drive. Motivation. We got all of these words that we that we mask really underneath what may be greed. And the Lord is saying in this year, will you will you make me preeminent in your life? Will you affirm my preeminence by being satisfied with my provisions? Knowing that your testimony will be the same as David's, Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Am I telling you to reject blessings that come your way? No. Am I telling you that you have to turn down the doors that God is opening? No, but the key word is the doors he's opening. Not the ones you're trying to open yourself, not the stuff you're trying to get for yourself. Let him open it. Let him do it. Let him bring it. And you become satisfied with his provision. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I feel a word from the Lord. You weigh it out in the spirit, hold fast to that which is good. Because I think what I just said, is a, is a, is a, this is a hard word because for some of you, this is what it means. 2015 is going to be a year of downsizing for you. It's going to be a year downsizing in that the stuff you have been used to having, the Lord may be stripping some of that. He may be taking it away. But before you start despairing, somebody shout, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. How do you know it's all good? Because all things work together for good. And, And then watch this. The pruning process, when God cuts things away, guess why he's cutting it away? So you can bear more fruit. Some of you want it to be more fruitful. And God says, this is going to be your year. But you can't become more fruitful keeping everything you already have. And so for some, it may be a hard year and that you're going to be downsized. But even this S has to stand out in your mind. 2015, I've got to be satisfied with his provision. And here's at least one testimony that ought to carry you. David said, I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Touch a neighbor and tell a neighbor. He's almost done, so you can smile now. But look back at that neighbor and say, neighbor, this year, you may not have all you want, but I declare you'll have everything you need. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moving Christ from present. To preeminent means I've got to be faithful. I've got to be intentional. I've got to be reverent. I've got to be satisfied. And last but not least, the T, thankful. Thankful. Isn't it interesting that we encourage people to pray? We encourage people to ask the Lord for the things that they need. But Paul understood that prayer requires more ingredients than just supplication. And that's why he says in Philippians chapter 4, to be careful or to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer, supplication, here it is, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I'm challenging you as you go into this year, don't ask God for nothing until you thank him for what he's already done. Go into this year with a thankful and a grateful attitude. If you want to ask God to make that husband of yours do more work, first thank him that he at least comes home every day. I wish I had a witness. If you want to ask God to move in your children's heart and get better grades in school, first thank God that they at least go to school. That you can find something to be thankful for in every situation. If you need more provision, more resources for something that you believe the Lord has called you to before you ask for another dime, thank Him for all the dimes He already gave you. Matter of fact, do I have two or three people right now that are just stand up on your feet, lift up your hands and clap them and begin to thank God for everything He's given to you. Let's give Him thanks. Let's give Him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! For every good and perfect gift, I thank you! Hallelujah! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus! He's been good! 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 good. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. In 2015, will you take that step? What Will you move Christ from being simply present in your life to being preeminent in your life? That there's no shadow of a doubt who's in charge. That there's no shadow of a doubt who's making the decisions. That there's no shadow of a doubt who is at the helm of the ship. There's no shadow of a doubt where your praise, where your adoration, where your attention is focused. Will you move him from simply being present in your life. To being preeminent in your life. He's worthy. He deserves it. He already is it. And we need to affirm him as such in our lives. If you want to take that step. If you want to move forward in that. And I'm not saying that you're not already in that stage of Christ being prominent. I'm not saying that that you're not there. That you're not mature. But I'm just saying going to another level. Whatever that looks like. If that's you tonight, would you just lift up your hand? If that's you, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for your word tonight. Father, I realize that I am an unfit vessel and there are so many flaws that people can find in me and they can go home and pick apart my presentation and they, it'll keep them busy until next Sunday. But Jesus, I pray that you would shine through all of my antics, all of my idiosyncrasies of personality. I pray that you would shine through and that the word of God would have made an impression upon each and every heart that will thrust them further into what you have for them. Jesus, I pray for every hand lifted right now that you would move into a place of prominence and preeminence in that life. With every decision that they make, the motivation for every decision, that Jesus, you would be at the head of it, that you would be at the forefront of it, that nobody has to dig, nobody has to search hard to find Jesus as the head of our lives. The way we do our business, the way we do our work, the way we raise our kids, the way we budget our our finances, that all of it would show the preeminency of Christ Jesus in us. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. I pray for greater. I pray for deeper. I pray for higher. I pray for further relationship, and participation with you in this year to come. We give you praise now and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, all of God's people said amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you.